Our lectionary, the list of readings we have for Sunday, has us spending two weeks in Acts, the book of Acts. So what we're getting with only two Sundays, you might say, is the first act and the second act. As I mentioned last Sunday, Acts starts out mostly about Peter, and halfway through becomes completely about Paul. I mentioned the dramatically divergent communities, people who were enemies otherwise, that the Spirit was bringing together. The Spirit was making a lot of people uncomfortable. Peter had to contemplate eating a non-kosher meal. I've never done that, he says. Well, sometimes the Spirit asks us to try things we have not tried before. Maybe even things we've thought about and rejected. We also read in Acts about how Ananias has to go see a man struck by blindness to care for him. Most of us would be put out by that. But it, going to care for this man it was also someone who was the feared persecutor of the church, someone who would arrest Ananias if he could. The man we are named for, Paul. God blinded Paul. Could you imagine if God struck you blind? Even if God then sent someone to heal you, your enemy by the way, how would you feel about God after that? And Ananias, Ananias is told to bring healing to Paul. He protests, I have heard so much about the evil this man has done, and you want me to go and bring him healing. God said to Ananias, yes. He is the instrument whom I have chosen. I myself will show him how much he must suffer for my name's sake. Being a Christian in those days was hard. It was pushing everyone out of their comfort zone. If being pushed out of your comfort zone covers things like blindness and persecution. Things were not centrally organized in the church. It was not a smooth operation. Paul ends up in Antioch, north of Syria, where he meets Christians from Africa and the Mediterranean, Paul himself from modern-day Turkey. These people suddenly appear in the story of the early church. New churches are popping up all over, and their theology and their practice is not always uniform. This outpost of a church hundreds of miles away from where Jesus did his ministry is made up of an odd collection of people who don't have much in common. The Spirit was calling together all kinds of people into a whole new movement, and it is not really clear yet who they are and what they are to do, other than that it is a radically inclusive and dangerously controversial movement. And maybe those two things are not unrelated. This outpost of an odd assortment of folks decided to commission Paul and Barnabas. They believed that the Spirit was calling Paul and Barnabas for God's work. They fasted, they prayed, they sent them off. Go, do God's work. Did they train them in ministry and mission? Did they review their theological understanding? Were they all on the same page about what they were supposed to do? Who are these people, Simeon, Lucius, and Manan? How did they get the authority to commission missionaries? They're from Africa and Cyprus and Turkey and Judea. What do they have in common? What brought them together? And 
who are they now? It seems kind of seat of the pants, kind of thrown together. Can you imagine the apostles back in Jerusalem hearing that some new group in an outpost in Antioch is commissioning missionaries and sending them out? As Peter and Paul begin their missionary journeys, there are strong reactions to their message of the gospel. There is often upheaval. People start rioting, and Peter and Paul, among others, often end up in prison. The turmoil they are confronted with would likely have dissuaded most missionaries from continuing. Word about these followers of Jesus is going out ahead of them. People are hearing about them before they even show up. And they are saying, these who have turned the world upside down have come here also. Peter, Paul, and the odd assortment of what would become Christians are turning the world upside down. They must have had a powerful faith. They didn't have much money. They didn't have clear organization or established practices or procedures. They must have had a powerful faith to live with that uncertain future in the face of such persecution. You're on a mission to make new enemies, in a sense. And your partners, the people you are joining with, are your former enemies. Paul never met Jesus. All he knew was what other people had told him. Paul tells us next to nothing about Jesus. There is one thing that Paul tells us about Jesus. There's one thing that Paul tells us about Jesus in some detail. He tells us about his death on the cross and his resurrection. Crucifixions were not uncommon. That would not be noteworthy, really. Just another crucifixion. Someone whose life would end in such disgrace is not likely to be remembered in a strong way by many people. So Paul is following someone who was condemned and executed. But he tells us what Jesus did just before that suffering and death. On the night he was betrayed, Paul writes, Jesus took a loaf of bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body that is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took the cup also after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Paul knew Jesus. In the Christians he met, gathering and remembering that last supper. Jesus told them to do this in remembrance of them. And they did. And we still are. And it gave them a strength and it gave them a vision of what they were to do and where they were to go, who they were, who we are. So Paul, for all that he writes about, doesn't tell us much at all about Jesus. He has a very narrow focus on Jesus. When I came to you, dear siblings, I did not come proclaiming the mystery of God to you in lofty words or wisdom, Paul tells the Corinthians. For I decided to know nothing among you 
except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. And I came to you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. My speech and my proclamation were not with plausible words of wisdom, but with a demonstration of the Spirit and of power, so that your faith might rest not on human wisdom, but on the power of God. This odd collection of people who have no business together are bonded into a community of life-defining purpose. What inspired them? This is my body. This is my blood. That may have been all that they needed. It doesn't seem like they had like much in the face of putting your life on the line to follow someone who was himself already tried and executed. This is my body. This is my blood. That may have been all that they needed. It speaks of a God who is for us, a God who holds nothing back but gives all. It was all they needed. That and a spirit calling them into a community of love committed to remember and to pass on the story of that loving, giving God. 